Hello all, and welcome to a new episode of the Horror Countdown Podcast. I'm your host, Donna Nelly, and with me tonight is a special guest, filmmaker, actress, and podcaster, Rebecca Reinhardt. Hello, I am here to talk about my favorite subject, 80 slashers. Indeed we are, yeah. Um, so yeah, this one was kind of a uh, no-brainer um, in terms of uh, scheduling. Uh, I, I think I even said to this when I pitched it to you that this was kind of the uh, first choice amongst the available topics. Um, we're doing 1980s one-shot slasher films. So no sequels, no remakes, and uh, you know, no other special entries, as, at least as far as the... Uh, current day stands i mean we can probably make this uh, irrelevant tomorrow with news of a sequel or remake coming out but i eliminated one for that very reason exactly yeah, i think i know where you're coming yeah. from because <laughs> i eliminated the same one for yeah. that very reason yeah <laughs> so um at, at least as far as uh, the day we're recording this um there's no other entries for the genre for the franchise to go forward as is so right and and to be honest i started just going off the top of my head and just writing them down i got to 15 and had to stop and i could have kept going so i had to eliminate yeah. a lot so you know so some so one was like well i mean yeah, it probably isn't a slasher okay yeah <laughs> Yeah, my process was kind of similar. Um, I, I kind of went through and was like, all right, here's about 20 that I have. Uh, I can probably <laughs> I can probably go with. And then, uh, all right, well, I, I like this one better than that one. So, OK, I can get rid of that one. This one's not really much of a slasher. I can, you know, put that one aside. And uh, yep. yeah, uh, it, it's kind of surprising how the, that kind of whittles your list down a little bit uh, quicker. So. But, so, uh, here, so hopefully we will come up with, I'm sure we have a lot of the same ones, but hopefully we'll come up with some movies that people uh, haven't really seen because they are just one shots. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I'm probably going to be a little generous and say our top five could potentially be uh, a general random order. You know, my five is your three. My, you know, your two is my one or something. Probably. I mean, I would probably be safe to say just because, I mean, those are kind of like, you know, the big ones in the scene. But uh, yeah, I, I'm kind of curious as to where uh, six through ten are, just because I think that's going to be the more interesting kind of, uh, you know, what slots above which one and, you know, which one is like, oh, crap, why didn't I think of that one? Or I, I could have sworn that, I did, you know, that one wasn't a slasher to me, but you say it is. So, I mean, yep. I, I think that's going to be kind of where uh, a lot of the variations on our list are going to go. Yep. All right. So uh, if that's the case, let's uh, get started. Let's see what uh, number 10 is. All right. My number 10 is a movie that I hear a lot of podcasters say is boring. And I wanted it to be on this list because I personally don't think it's boring. That's 1981's The Prowler with fantastic effects from Tom Savini. Um, it's got a similar feel to My Bloody Valentine, um, just with the guy with the mask. You know, he's got on the gas mask the whole time. He doesn't have a lot of personality, per se. Uh, the story is a little thinner than others, but I really dug it. I don't think it was really worthy of a sequel. And I should say that a lot of these, um, me putting them on my list did not mean that I think that they should have had sequels or remakes. Some movies are better just left alone. Um, but that is my number 10. Nice. Yeah, um, I've got that on my list. So um, right. I'll, yeah, I'll, mention the, I'll mention that one in the due course. But uh, my number 10 is uh, kind of similar. Uh, uh, it's another one that I've heard a lot of people say it doesn't really have like a lot going for it, but I've always really enjoyed it. It's uh, 1982 Superstition. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, I, I, I know that this one kind of, it has like that great beginning where you have the backstory involving uh, the witch and uh, how she, you know, is cursed to live at the house. But after that, I, I kind of enjoy a lot of what goes on here. Um, the family moving in and a lot of the, you know, supernatural accidents, which, I mean, yeah, okay, they're not necessarily true slasher scenes. I mean, they're, you know, supernatural and based because it's the witch gathering her powers and all that. But 
I mean, the final half of this one is crazy. Um, I, I love the atmosphere in there. Um, the kills are really fun and fast. You know, it's like a really fun and fast-paced film. So I, I, I've always really enjoyed it. And uh, I, I know it's not necessarily one that a lot of people really have a fondness for, but um, I've always felt it was pretty fun. So, yeah, my number 10 is uh, Superstition. All right. All right, well, my number nine is a movie from uh, Tommy McLaughlin, the director of Friday the 13th, part six, but it is a he did in 1983 called One Dark Night uh, with Meg Tilly. She is basically auditioning for like the pink ladies uh, for her school, except for they wear purple jackets. Um, and her initiation, uh, the girls don't really like her, and her initiation is to stay in a very brightly lit mausoleum all night. And I always really liked that 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 contrast. Um, you know, I liked it with Phantasm. I love it with this. Of everything's really bright, you can see everything but danger is still around the corner. So, uh, yeah, if you haven't seen it, there's some, some things that happen in it that are pretty cool. And, uh, yeah, one dark night. Cool. Um, I had that one on my list when I initially made my 20, but it kind of just dropped off because I like others a little more, but yeah, that was, yeah, that one was, yeah. Um, I, I still think really highly of it. Um, I do like what you're saying about it's, you know, its tone its tone is kind of like a little bit more uh, sophisticated than a normal just teen hack em up but um yeah i i kind of just um when i started putting it together that one just fell a little bit off because i liked others more but which is it, totally it, fine because it made it yeah, to it, my list <laughs> yeah i mean i i initially had it on my top 20 or so but yeah that one was, it's still one i think highly of i just i like others more but great choice yeah so uh, my number nine, um, one that I don't really see a lot of people really mentioning all that much, and uh, I, I don't really know why, because it's a lot of fun. Um, the Dorm That Dripped Blood. Oh, yeah. Exactly, yeah. Um, I, I've always really enjoyed this one. Uh, I, I think it's got a fantastic setup, which is exactly what you want in a slasher. The kills are kind of fun. Uh, you know, they kind of go a giallo route, because the identity is the main the, the identities of who the killer is is the uh, main driving point, so you don't see who it is. And uh, the one thing for me that really kind of won me over when I first saw it is I love the finale of this. I mean, there's two fantastic twists, one revolving around who the killer is, and then the second one revolving how he gets away with it, which, right. uh, yeah, that one, that may be a slight spoiler, but Ooh. wait to see. Wait until you see what happens with um, the f the final five minutes of this, because it's a doozy. And um, I, I've always thought that that really made it stick out much more so than um, a lot of other films. You know, trying to go with a more optimistic ending, this one has a bit more of a downer ending. But uh, it's one that I haven't really seen pulled off all that often, so I'm kind of surprised most or more don't remember it for that, so... Uh, yeah, um, had to put it on my list at uh, number nine. Yeah, I dig that movie. That didn't make it to my short list, but definitely would have been on there had I just kept going because I got to about 15 and that's where I was like, OK, you just might as well stop. But yeah, I dig that. Uh -huh. movie. And that's uh, I never know how to say her name, but that was the film debut of Daphne Zanuga. Is that how you say her name? From uh, Initiation and Melrose yeah. Yeah, Spaceballs. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's probably like the main claim to fame with it. But yeah, um, I yeah, that's the one because she's I think one of the first victims, if yes. not the first. Yeah, yeah, because her parents come to pick her up and right. Well, yeah, it doesn't go well for any of them. Uh, right. Oh, sorry, spoilers. Uh, okay. No, it's okay. Yeah, I mean, what? I kind of give away the ending, but good enough. <laughs> My number eight is a very bizarre offbeat movie that got picked up by Troma. In 1986, it was directed by Jim Mellon of Mystery Science Theater 3000 fame, and it's called Blood Hook. It is more of a horror comedy, question mark. I mean, some of the kills are really brutal, um, but the killer himself and why he kills is uh, the most ridiculous premise that I've ever seen. 
Um, I think there's no way that you could remake this movie. And that's one of the things I love about it. Um, and yeah, there was no reason for a sequel. Uh, but this just is one of my favorites. I watch it probably every six months. And uh, there's a little tune that plays through the whole movie that if you watch it, it's uh, you're going to be singing it the rest of the week. <laughs> nice. I'm going to have to check this one out. I don't think I've seen it. It's uh, it's pretty, it's pretty wacky. It's very wacky. <laughs> nice. Um, I'm always down for wacky stuff. So uh, yeah, I'm gonna have to look at that one because I haven't, I don't think I've seen it. All right. So um, moving on to uh, my number eight. Uh, this is one that um, I even though I I don't have the uh, physical copy itself, I, I know there's probably gonna be a little bit of resurgence. In, of interest in it just because uh, it just recently got uh, released um, in a brand spanking new 4K edition. I'm talking 1981's Madman. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, I, I, I've always really liked this. It's just a formulaic, simple slasher. Um, everybody just goes missing and then every single every single encounter with a killer is just somebody saying, oh, I gotta go look for so-and-so, they're missing, or I gotta go look for them, they're missing, and you know, every, it's just finally down to whoever's left alive, but I, I've always really liked it. I, you know, it's a, you know, killer in the woods, you know, urban legend comes to life kind of a thing. Nothing too spectacular, nothing too fancy, but it just gets the job done. Uh, you know, fantastic killer, great urban legend backstory. You get some great kills along the way. You have one of the most utterly ridiculous and bizarre the sex scenes I've ever seen in a film. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, yeah, uh, man. Uh, to know how many drugs were on set when they came up with that one, um, the mind boggles. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, uh, if you know, anybody who knows me knows that this is going to make my list. So I'll talk about it when I get to it. <laughs> yeah, no worries. And I'm I one of the idiots who flunked down the money for the new release, even though it does it supposedly doesn't have anything different than the last Blu-ray release as far as extras. But hey, you know, when you're a fan, you're a fan. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what's the so point yeah. of having a paycheck and a job if you don't spend your money on exactly. crap like a new release of Madman? Exactly, yeah. Um, so like I said, I mean, I figure this one's probably going to get a little bit of interest just because of its new release. But um, yeah, uh, I, I've always had fun with it regardless. So for me, uh, number eight was Madman. All right. So I'm to my number seven, which is, I will just go ahead and just say it. It's 1980s Motel Hell. So uh, it takes all kinds of critters. <laughs> um <laughs> This movie is bizarre. I think I rented it at a very young age because of the cover and, um, you know, you've got people's heads sprouting from the ground. It, it really is like it's it's a horror comedy. Um, I don't think I thought that when I was a kid, but it is just goofy as hell. Um, it's it, and it's just it's hilarious that it's called Motel Hell, which if you're younger and you go to the video store, that name and you're like, oh, yeah, Motel Hell. But it's just cool that it was really motel hello and the o kind of just keeps glitching out on the sign and um i just always really dig this movie and i'm glad that nobody um that nobody redid it i think it was it was kind of lightning in a bottle um so yeah 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 that, it's on my honorable mentions um it was one of uh, my my bones yeah that one i i've always liked that one as well just how utterly weird and bizarre it is that you know there's this love triangle going on between you know the, this girl her boyfriend and then this like you know guy that's old enough to be her father and then he's got this weird relationship with his sister and you know it all just combines into this weird cocktail of a slasher film with this you know chainsaw fight with this pig-headed killer <laughs> at the end yes yeah the, it, it's a lot of fun Beautiful. yeah it, yeah it, it's great I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of that one as well so yeah, um, I mean, like I said, it was on my honorable mentions, but um, for my number seven, I went with um, another one that's kind of uh, in similar vein to uh, Dorm the Drip Blood in that I don't really hear a lot of people talk about it as much anymore. Um, another 1981 film, I went with Hell Knight. Oh, nice. Yeah, um, I, I've always been a big fan of this one. Um, I, I think it's, you know, got one of those uh, great setups, you know, paternity uh, pledges, 
trying to, uh, you know, get into the, you know, get it, trying to, you know, pledge their fraternity, spend the night in a haunted house, and then find out that there's a killer still a monk. Um, you know, you don't really need much else in those kinds of films. Just, you know, you've got the group of people outside that are oblivious to everything. You've got, you know, the rest of the fraternity that are trying to pull pranks on everyone. So you're you're kind of like you're not necessarily sure which one's the prank and which one's the killer coming for them. So it adds like a nice little nice little uh, bit of false scares um, here and there. Um, finale is a lot of fun. I really enjoy it. Um, you know, you've got Linda Blair who's far too old and uh, far too busty to be a college freshman running around in these. Oh, but uh, she uh, looks great in that costume though. Oh, that's not. A, uh, yeah. Um, Parts of me were not denying that. <laughs> yeah, parts of me were not denying that fact. But uh, yeah, um, you, you know, that was a lot of fun. Um, I, I really like the finale. Um, the way that they get rid of the killer is one of the more inventive and brutal ways I've seen. And uh, I, I've had a lot of fun with it. Uh, probably could be cut short by about five to ten minutes because uh, I think it runs a little long. But I don't really worry about that. It's... It's a good time and uh, definitely worth looking into. So, And I, I might be wrong about this. I'm trying to look it up on IMDb really fast. But I think it's the only other horror movie that Peter Barton from Friday the 13th Part 4 did. Handsome yeah. fella. Indeed, yeah. Um, I know he did a bunch of uh, soap operas after he left yeah. the genre. Yeah. Hey, hey. You know, no harm there. It's funny that you say 1981 because I had to stop writing down 1981 movies. I mean, 1981 is the golden year for horror, especially slashers. Um, I could have done my top 10 probably from 81. So I tried to be a little different. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I I, was exactly the same way. It's like, how many of these movies came out this one specific year? Oh, I, I know, and I kept feeling stupid for it, and I was like, okay, come on. Something had to come out, like, in the, the second half of the decade, and, well, well, yeah. you know, I got a couple. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, same here, but, uh, yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, I know the pain of uh, trying not to do 1981-only films. Yeah, my, my, yeah, mine is heavy in the first few years of the decade, Uh so my number six is actually from 1983, and it is a film called Curtains. Um, it is about, and it, it actually has a lot more to it, I think. It's about a woman who is an actress who is trying desperately to uh, capture a crazy woman's uh, character and actually puts herself, with, along with her producer, puts herself into an insane asylum. She gets stuck there. And he ends up having this casting call where he invites basically these girls that are all, all completely different, but they all look very similar and they're all competing for the same role. And it is uh, it's got some awesome kills. Uh, the fact that all of the girls do different things, like there's one that's an ice skater, spoiler alert. Uh, there is one that's a comedian. You know, they all had these different things and it all plays into their deaths. Um, I just always really like that. And I always really am still creeped out by the mask that the killer wears. Yeah, um, it was another one that I was kind of like on with the uh, initial group that I came up with. Um, but I, I've never really been a huge fan of it other than, uh, like you said, the mask is probably top five all time I, I mean that thing is just legendary and terrifying but other than you know the one ice skating scene i've never really been a big fan of the film so it kind of was one of the early ones to drop but it, it was an it was an in, initial one that I, I i came up with so um it's not like i truly hate it it's just never one that really caught on for me but yeah i i like the ending it has a, a little bit of a surprise to it and uh mm -hmm. yeah so, again, I'm not trying to give a whole lot of spoilers, but. Yeah. All right. So uh, my number six, um, I mean, we were <laughs> talking about, uh, you know, the early part of the decade and, you know, how stacked 80 and 81 is. Um, so it kind of forced me to uh, look a little bit deeper. So I went at the uh, other end of the uh, decade and I went with 1989's Intruder. So uh, I, I I really like this one. Um, again, a really fun, simple setup. Uh, you know, nothing too major, nothing too, you know, over the top. Just you know, 
the over the top nature is reserved for the kills, which uh, I, I'm a, I really appreciate, um, especially the uncut version, which uh, has some of the greatest kills I've ever seen in the genre. The, the they're really fun and over the top. Not necessarily the greatest killer, which kind of uh, drops it down just a touch for me. But um, I, I, I mean, I, I, I get the rampage. It's just uh, the, the motivation is a, a little underwhelming. But yeah, I, I, he's a little but, misguided. <laughs> yeah, it's not necessarily the right. You know, I the enthusiasm is there, but just the the mindset to think, you know, going from plant from point a to point b by the methods that he chooses to do here just don't really mesh for me but i mean that's not necessarily a major fault of the film itself i mean the rest of it's a lot of fun so um it, it was uh one that made my list uh pretty easily so uh for me number six was intruder for me number five is intruder so uh, that's why i've been so quiet um uh, I, nice. I dig this movie i love i love anything that takes place in a store after hours so the initiation i already talked about shopping mall any of those things and this one has a really good atmosphere because these people are very they're used to being there um they've got a very large group it doesn't seem like anything could go wrong um, you do have a red herring with the boyfriend. Um, and yeah, so if you if you've never seen it before, spoiler alert, don't look at the cover because the the modern artwork, I don't think this was the artwork that it came out with, but the modern artwork shows that the killer is Danny Hicks, and that's supposed to be a surprise, but it's not <laughs> because he's he's chopping shit up on the uh the cover, what does it say? He, uh, he's just crazy about supermarkets or something. Yeah, um, yeah, it's um, like, uh, you know, I, I'm just crazy about this that's... store. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like yeah. Yeah, and I think a lot of people would watch it. Um, and I do know I have a friend who is very, uh, he's very into film. And, um, and he said, well, yeah, I watched this movie because it said that, like, Sam Raimi and Ted Raimi and, um, which Ted Raimi is a fairly decent size character in that and uh bruce campbell are in it he's like i watched that you can you know blink and you miss them but it's like he's like i'm glad that they used that false advertising i wouldn't have watched it otherwise and it ended up being a really great movie so yeah intruder if you've not seen that one it is on tubi i watched that that's one of those ones that every so often maybe every few weeks i'm cleaning the house or something and i just need something that i'm familiar with that i'll use that for background noise because i dig mm, that movie. nice yeah <laughs> Uh, yeah, um, guess big fans of it uh, for both of us. Yeah. So, yeah, cool. All right, so um, since we're ping-ponging back and forth between uh, one end of the uh, decade and the other, um, might as well go full bore back to the uh, front half of this and uh, hit 1980 with Terror Train. Um, yeah, I know technically there's a, a you know a film from like 2008 or nine called Train was uh, initially planned as a remake but it's not necessarily one in execution so uh that one kind of made me put this one on my list um i it you know it's a fun you know top tier classic for me um you know great atmosphere uh david copperfield as a swarming oh. magician is uh, just absolute gold Swoon. Uh, I, I mean his scenes his scenes in the film are just absolute gold he almost steals the film um yeah, they're just so they're so much fun. Just, you know, his swarmy attitude and just, you know, the way he puts everything, you know, puts everybody down for what what he's doing. Uh, great kills, uh, fun killer. I love the disguise and the twist with the reveal and everything and all that. Um, you know, classic, you know, bullied teen comes back for revenge kind of a storyline that, you know, you don't necessarily need to reinvent the wheel. You just need to, you know, put out a competent product and uh, i'll be happy with it so um yeah uh for me one of the uh highlights of the golden age uh number five is terror train yeah we now this did not make my list we did do this for our january episode of the slumber party massacre podcast Lacey and i were just like yeah it's fun man you know it's just a fun dumb movie the other three girls weren't so into it i was really surprised they were as poo-poo on it as they were 
Um, I had a huge crush on David Copperfield when I was a kid. So, I mean, I just, I just see him like, it's, that's like the era, like when he first came out and like, so I watch it still and I'm like, oh, you know, and just the whole idea that you're on this speeding train, they can't stop. Even if you go outside, you're still in danger. Uh, they do some dumb stuff, like take everybody outside and then do a not so thorough <laughs> train search and then go, okay, everybody get back on. <laughs> but yes. uh, yeah, I always, I always dug this one. Um, and I do tend to watch it every year. It's one of the ones I watch for New Year's. Nice. Yeah. Um, definitely appropriate. <laughs> so my number four, we've talked about it briefly, is 1981's Mad Man. Um, it is a film I didn't even know about it until the early 2000s. Uh, and I had a, so I'm old. Um, <laughs> so we had this HD TV before there was any HD content. Uh, because that was the kind of person I used to be like, I used to buy the best TV at Best Buy that was like right at the front. You're not supposed to buy for like two years. That was always the one that I would buy. So uh, a satellite company called Boom came out and they had like 12 channels of all HD content. And it was the same shit over and over, mostly stuff you didn't want to watch. There's one channel called Monsters HD. And I used to have that on 24 seven. Like that was always on my TV. They had all the Friday the 13th. This is where I um, I got into the Blind Dead movies. I, you know, they, they played a lot of things because they just, it's like HBO back in the 80s. You know, they had like 10 movies and they just play them over and over. And Madman was one of them. And I had never seen the movie. And, uh, you know, I watched it and I was like, this is a pretty groovy little movie. I, I dug it, you know, it wasn't anything great. My kiddo was about three at the time. <laughs> and you've got to admit, the music in this movie is so good. I mean, mm. Madman has like three versions of his theme. I'm a sucker for anybody with a self-referential theme song to start out with. But every time the, the intro would come on, it'd be like, that dun, 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 dun. My little toddler would run in being like, are you watching Madman Mars? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we would sit there and watch it. And so I have all these like warm, fuzzy memories of that. And I still like it. I, Yes, the hot tub scene is like one of my favorite scenes ever. Um, but um, one of the things I like about it uh, is that all the people are very normal. They didn't get like super attractive, uh, thin, cutesy people. Like they got normal looking people and you feel, you can actually feel terror for them. Um, so anybody who wants to, to shit on Madman, no, it's, you know, essentially, Friday the 13th Part 2, Madman and The Burning all came out uh, in 1981. They essentially have the same plot. Madman is usually the one everybody puts at the bottom, but I love it. Nice, yeah. Uh, that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, I, I ended up and I we barely got our TV at like 2008 when we finally switched over to HD. And that was right when uh, Monsters HD folded, so we got it mm -hmm. for... So yeah, we probably got it for maybe two, three months and then the uh, thing folded. So that was kind of disappointing. You know, I can say, honestly, Monsters HD is what got me into the horror community as well because um, they had a website and there were very few of us. Uh, there was a, a chat room that somebody created on there. And I remember like being on there and like we would quiz each other like, about silly things like you know just things that like you could look up readily now but like we would like quiz each other like what what's the name of uh the restaurant that like paul references uh on friday the 13th part two you know like stupid stuff like that and there were probably maybe 20 people in this chat room and that was the first horror group i was ever part of and so i will always and i i actually still have my t-shirt from monsters hd it's just uh, I just cut out the logo because it got a little bit messed up, but I will always have a place in my heart for Monsters HD for that reason. Oh, nice. Oh, it's pretty cool. <laughs> uh -huh. Yeah. Well. Um, and do you know that you're the you are the first person that I've been to who actually knew what that was? I posted wow. it online several times. Like, hey, did anybody else watch Monsters HD? I posted it in groups. I posted it on my own feed. No one. So, hey. 
thanks, man. <laughs> I no didn't problem, just make man. it up. <laughs> yeah, no, I, 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 re I vividly remember it. Um, because that was, uh, we only had it for like maybe two or three months before it uh, went yeah. under. But yeah, um, I, I, I remember watching a lot of that, uh, a lot of stuff there too. Um, there was like just a whole, but it was like a whole mess of like you know indie stuff and like obscure 80s and 90s slashers that I'd never heard of. But yeah, no, I, I can verify that that thing 100% did exist. So okay, good. <laughs> Yeah, no worries. It, there's no Mandela effect here. You're in good. Yeah. <laughs> you're in good hands. <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, interesting. You mentioned uh, Friday the Thirteenth and Burning because uh, number four is the Burning. Um, yeah, this one was kind of a you know one of the obvious ones that uh, stuck out for me and was uh, a no doubt, no brainer kind of a, an inclusion. Uh, you know, iconic killer, iconic setup great kills um i i've kind of gotten a little i i i, I the, the first half of this is kind of a, a little bit of a sore point over the years i kind of go back and forth whether or not i like a lot of the you know pranks and gender wars that goes on you know some of it kind of just lessens the terror because you know cropsy's not on screen as much but then there's also times where it's like you know this is actually just like a fun group of people and you know, there's like a lot of you, you. I really get to know who they are, and I really get to care for them. So it kind of like you know, it balances out between you know, do I actually want to care about the characters, or do I just want a 90-minute special effects demo reel? And the burning is always one that goes back and forth for me between whichever one I want, because there's moments, there's times where you know, like I want just like you know, the fast pace in your you know in your face kills and just over the top, you know, makeup effects. And then there's others where I like the, you know, slow methodical, let's just, you know, get a group of people, a small group of people like them and care about them and then, you know, put them in danger. So it, it kind of has like a, it kind of flip flops back and forth how I feel about it, but it's always one that stays with me just because I, I can care for it in both manners. So, uh, yeah, uh, this one, like I said, uh, you know, a no doubt, no brainer, but um, easy choice for me at uh, number four, uh, The Burning. Okay, so I said that I had to employ some different uh, methods of eliminating, um, and there's one that I'm sure we'll talk about in a minute. Um, the Burning was the one that I eliminated for a few reasons. Number one, because it was another 1981 movie. <laughs> and I was like, okay, and I had already put The Prowler on, and I'm like, another Tom Savini movie. But the, the thing that made me put it into honorable mentions was I feel like so many people love this movie because they're like, oh, my God, they think of what could have been. We could have had another major franchise. We could have had another Jason, another Freddy, another Michael. We could have had Cropsey. Um, if only like people knew and, uh, you know, things had gone differently, you know, and, and there's this whole like alternate universe sort of thing, I think, in people's minds. And that's the only reason I didn't pick it is because so many people like it because they think it should have had a sequel. And I was kind of avoiding those types of movies. But uh, I also knew you would put it on your list. So I. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I do yeah. like this movie. The boys are so rapey and gross. And then to find out that the story was written by Harvey Weinstein. Uh, you know, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's just yeah, there's uh, so uh, much like grossness in this. But um, yeah, that's, uh, that's another uh, factor that um, a lot of people kind of fail, uh, fail to mention is. Uh, yeah, exactly that. I mean, I find it I find it charming because I find it charming and, and kind of sickening. But um, no, I always love that. And of course, Jason Alexander, you know, and uh, Fisher Stevens, the the iconic rap scene. Yeah, this this totally deserves to be in our top tens. I just I like I said, <laughs> I omitted yeah. it for for reasons. That's perfectly valid. Yeah, no, no problem here. Uh, now, my number three, we just did on the Slumber Party Massacre podcast yesterday. So that will be coming out for uh, our next episode in April. And that is Bloody Birthday. Um, it is actually one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, on the podcast, I was really happy because uh, three out of five had not seen this movie. And the three who had, hadn't seen it loved it. Um, it is... Uh, 
a killer kid movie like that you've never seen before. I mean, you don't just get one killer kid, you get three of them. Um, and the, the main, the main kid, kid killer, uh, Debbie is just terrifying to me. Uh, she's just adorable, blonde dimples. Um, and it just, she plays it off so well. I found it sad that the, the actress Elizabeth Hoy didn't really do a whole lot after this. Um, but I just dig that movie a lot. And um, it actually should, it, it was set up to have a sequel. Uh, they, they set it up to have a sequel. I'm not exactly sure why the sequel never happened. Um, I'm glad that they didn't uh, because I think it's a good standalone slasher. Um, if we meant to 11, this was my pick. Um, honorable oh. mention for me. <laughs> yeah, I'm right there with you. I'm a, I'm a big fan of it as well. Um, I mean, yeah, like I said, it, it's almost technically my, my number 11. So, yeah, yeah, I, I really like it as well. I mean, those kids are just absolute brats, and I love them for it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> good one. All right. So, um, I mean, wow, uh, synchronicity. Uh, talking about uh, killer kids, um, this one's maybe not necessarily truly killer kids, but um, at least they started as killer kids. 1987's Blood Rage. Nice. Yeah. Um, I, I, I've i always had a lot of fun with this one. Um, I, I love the setup. I love the, you know, fact that the two, uh, two guys are, you know, so polar opposites of each other. But, you know, it's the one guy playing dual role, so he's able to pull them both off effectively. Just absolutely great kills. You know, uh, an infectious, goofy, cheesy series of one-liners you know great makeup effects uh you know holiday setting that you don't necessarily get too often um you know not too many thanksgiving movies because it's almost right. always uh this one or um i think poultrygeist is often the other one that i see home associated. Sweet, yeah home sweet home home sweet home yeah that yeah. one yeah but yeah, um, I mean, there's kind of like, you know, like a small little crop of three or four that always tend to pop up at the end of November and all these podcasts. So, um, yeah, it's it's warranted. It's uh, it's a lot of fun. Um, uh, yeah, definitely one that uh, stands out for a lot of a uh, lot of reasons. So, uh, again, kind of like burning uh, another no no brainer, no doubt about it, kind of an entry. So uh, one that I have less issues with, so I put it above the burning. But uh, number three for me is Blood Rage. And that did not make it to my list, but it definitely is on my list. Uh, I love Blood Rage. And um, it, there are so many charming things about that. So many great kills. I mean, when the, I guess she's like the therapist when she gets killed. It's amazing. Um, and I think the main actor does a good job. Uh, he does a great job. And um, yeah, it's not cranberry sauce, everybody. Uh, <laughs> nope. Uh, okay, so ooh, we were getting down to the last two. Ooh, exciting. Mm. Okay, so my number two is a movie, another movie from 1981. And I think the only reason that this doesn't get talked about as much as some of the other ones is because just the market was flooded with slashers. Um, this one was a little smarter, a little uh, a little scarier, a little less uh, polished than some of the other ones. And that's just before dawn. Um, I have several reasons why I dig this movie. Uh, the first is that the people who are in it, they're a little bit older. They're in their 20s. And the guy actually has the deed to this land that he if somebody in his family had. They used to go out there. And so he, they are exactly where they should be. And just the fact that it's older people going to a place that they should be, and as opposed to young people going to a place they shouldn't be, it, it really like, it really solidifies it. And there's, there's some really uh, just tense scenes in this. Um, I've just always really dug it. Um, so yeah, just before dawn. Wow, um, I wasn't expecting a synchronicity like this. 1981's Blood Rage number two. <laughs> oh, we you're tied. No, I'm saying we tied. We we have it at the same placement. Oh, you're just before dawn. Yeah, mine's just before dawn as well. Oh, um, nice. Yeah, uh, making Deliverance a full-on slasher for once. Um, I I'm all on board for it. I am, I love the atmosphere, the outdoorsy nature of it all. 
the whole thing with uh, you know the twins and the killers um you know a little synchronicity on my own personal thing having a three and two is uh, the same one um, yeah <laughs> yeah but um yeah uh, I, I i love the way that it pulls it off uh one of the better uh, under un, unsung uh, final girls i love how you know she pulls everything off here uh, a lot of grit a lot of spunk just what i like in these kinds of films um and yeah, just like you said, there's a lot more going on under the surface. And the idea that they're, you know, not just, you know, brain dead teens out partying for a weekend, but, you know, a, a typically older crop of people than you would normally see in these kinds of films. It adds like a little bit more realness to it. It, you know, it's not just, you know, a regular, it's not just, you know, a run of the mill, just, you know, teens in peril kind of a film, but something a little smarter, a little bit more, you know, something with a bit more to say about it. Um, yeah, uh, I, 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 I'm a huge fan of this one as well. Uh, one of my favorites, definitely worth your time. So, uh, yeah, I wasn't expecting synchronicity like this. Yeah, actually. well, that's nice. Yeah, so uh, the movie that I'm directing this summer um, that I I said I wanted to do a camp slasher, and my proviso was that I wanted the people to be older. I didn't want teenagers. And um, I've been telling my cast and crew because they've asked me, well, what are some movies that we can watch that kind of, you know, inspired this? And Just Before Dawn is one. Um, but the other one, so this is my segue. The other one that almost made it to my list that I told them to watch uh, is The Final Terror. I always kind of put mm. these together because The Final Terror, th these people are older. They're rangers or rangers in training or something, but they're out doing their job. Um, and so I always kind of pair those together. That one to me doesn't have as many uh, memorable scenes, but it it was one that would have would have made it. Um, okay, so <laughs> we're, you, I, you know I've got to cheat on this. I got to tell you my other ones. Yeah, uh, <laughs> the other two that I marked out: um, American Gothic from 1987. I love that movie. It is so fucked up. Um, I don't know why I marked it off. It just, it was just like, okay, I had to pick one. So I did mark that off. And then this one, I kind of question if it's even a slasher. It has all the makings for a slasher and the title certainly is a slasher. But uh, Butcher Baker Nightmare Maker from 1981. Um, there's not a lot of killing in it. It's really more bad cop work uh, <laughs> from Post Benson. But it is a fun one. And then, uh, drum roll, the one we've been talking about, I'm sure, The Mutilator, a.k.a. Fall Break. Exactly. Um, yes. Uh, so, yeah, my, my friend Jeff is actually producing the sequel. Uh, and it is Buddy Cooper. He's coming back to do the sequel to that, which is exciting. Um, so it really could go on our list. But, you know, if you had to eliminate some, I eliminated that one. And I'm guessing that's the same one you were talking about. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, yeah, I've got a couple honorable mentions here. Um, I mean, you've already uh, ticked off a couple, but um, I also have uh, Graduation Day, which uh, I, I've always had a, a lot of fun with. Um, again, another one that, you know, kind of got lost in the shuffle. Um, I also have uh, Pieces just because I was kind of debating Slasher Giallo and I was taking too long. So I just decided, eh, it's European. I'll just, you know, lump it as a Giallo and be done with it. But um, if I would have thought more about it, I probably could have legitimately put it on here and bumped something else off. But um, uh, the other one that I, I really like and uh, another one that kind of gets, you know, lost in that, uh, you know, 1981 shuffle is Visiting Hours. Yeah. Yeah, um, another one that, you know, again, there's a lot to like about it. Just, you know, it came out the wrong year, um, kind of just got lost in the shuffle. But, yeah, definitely one that uh, I enjoy. And uh, it, one of the better um, psychopath uh, slashers, uh, killers in the time period. I mean, it's Michael Ironside. So, of course, yeah. you know, that's to be expected. But, yeah, uh, you know, him at his A game, just, you know, a lot of uh, slimy, swarmy moments. William Shatner doing his, uh, you know, <laughs> doing his thing, um, <laughs> you know, whatever kind of a movie he thinks he's in, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it, it's definitely a lot of fun and worthwhile. So, um, yeah, another one that just got lost in the shuffle, but uh, 
definitely would have uh, made my list otherwise. So I guess with that being said, what's uh, your number one? Well, my number one happens to be a little movie that I don't consider a giallo called Pieces. (laughs) Uh, So I will put it on the list, and it is my number one. This movie is so batshit crazy, and it has so many things in it. And to say it's not a splash, yes, it does have a giallo feel. Yes, you know, you've got the, you know, Christopher and Linda Day George, which technically makes it a giallo I think um yeah (laughs) strangely enough um but it's just so insane um you can't not hear that stupid uh song that's piped over the (laughs) piped over the speakers the whole time Mm. you know we've got you know we've got just people like just getting hacked up by a damn chainsaw and you gotta love that um I, I've just always thought this movie was so charming. Uh, I've never really understood why the main guy was such a stud. Um, but <laughs> oh, well, there's reasons. If you watch the uh, if you watch the full uncut version, there's there's reasons. Yes, yes, full and uncut. <laughs> yes, um, but it's just so ridiculous, and I love it. And the ending is crazy. And um, I actually oh, for real, yeah, the ending is uh, one of the real twist endings in the genre if you yes. uh, catch the double entendre there yes and uh i actually even have um the puzzle oh from, nice. yeah so uh it was a thousand pieces though so every time i watch it i mean it was impossible to do because there's so much pink the background's all pink with some blood splatter it took me forever and every time i watch that movie now i always just am like we well, only had like 20 pieces to put in his damn puzzle <laughs> <laughs> But uh, there's there's just there's nothing more I can say about it. I just dig this movie. I love it. Yeah, um, I mean, like I said, I, if I would have considered it more of a slasher, uh, it, it, it's on my list for sure. Um, I, I, I'm, I love that movie. It's in my top 15 of all time. It, it's just an absolute blast. But um, yeah, um, my number one, yeah, we talked about it. Um, I unequivocally love this one. I don't think it's slow. I don't think it's boring. I love the atmosphere. I love the kills. I love the killer. I love most of this, most everything about it. Uh, I went with the Prowler. All right. Yeah. Um. I'm. I'm one. I don't find this one slow at all. I. I think there's an engaging mystery. I love the uh, red herring involving the neighbor. I love the you know cast of characters at the school. I think they're a lot of fun. Uh, I'm gonna go right ahead and say it. In terms of slasher makeup, this is Savini's best work. Um. Yeah, I'm even gonna say it's better than Friday Four. Uh, this is I, I I have absolutely no doubt in my mind. This is Savini's best work. I mean, the head explosion—he's a master at that. No, go figure. But uh, th- just the inherent brutality in a lot of this stuff. I mean, knives going through chins and protruding out through the faces. I mean, getting pitched fork through the gull, through the stomach. Uh, you know, bayonets into throats and all kinds of just you know brutal brutal stuff um it, it it's just uh it's it, i have so much fun with this i, it I is, and, I, and i'm with I you can, i already said it it's i don't know why people think it's boring or slow i don't yeah understand. i i don't get it either because i i love that there's you know there's a legitimate red herring in the neighbor that the way it plays it off with trying to fit you know the way that the, the film sets up whether or not you know he's just faking it or not I love the way that they pull that off. I love that, you know, there's this legitimate mystery as to whether or not it's actually him. Yeah. I, I, I do think that the uh, actual killer is a bit of a cheat just because it's one of those, oh, well, we've seen him in the you know first five minutes and then disappears from the rest of the film. So, of course, we're going to forget about him kind of a thing. But, yeah, that's not necessarily much of a real detriment to the film or, you know, like even much of a flaw. But... Yeah, uh, to me, Prowler is uh, easily number one. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm like you. I've never really considered it boring. Um, I can see why. It's just for me personally, it doesn't it doesn't come off as boring. So, yeah, like my only complaint about the movie is I really don't. I there's something about the main girl that I just don't dig. I don't know what it is. I've never been able to put my finger on it. Um, but that's about it. I mean, 
I don't know. I think it's cool. I like it. Cool killer. That actually would have been a cool killer to uh, to keep going. But I do like that he does show up on some some different things, shirts and that type of stuff, uh, despite only having one movie. Yeah. All right. So, uh, yeah, this was a lot of fun. Guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I got uh, some crossover, which I expected, but uh, definitely uh, had a fun time. So Yeah, uh, enough of a variety to, uh, yeah. to entertain these folks. <laughs> so uh, why don't you go ahead and uh, let people know where they can find uh, you, your work, and uh, you know your films, your podcasts, and uh, everything that you do. Hey, I'm everywhere. You can find me, like, on Tubi. <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm that highbrow. Uh, no, I actually, I'm on the Slumber Party Massacre podcast. If you are not a part of our Facebook group, get in there. It is five women who, no offense to Don or any of the other, uh, any of our other podcasting brothers out there, but we were all girls who were the token girl on podcasts. Um, and to be a horror girl, you have to talk a little louder you have to be a little smarter uh you know you have to kind of you know give the guys a run for their money and we all felt this and so we said you know screw it we're gonna make our own podcast and it's been like more fun than I ever could have imagined just a great set of girls uh Lacey Lou Heather Powell Carly Allison and Nikki Williams who is Lacey's sister who came on for one guest episode and then we just adopted her because we loved her. So, <laughs> so we have, uh, you know, very wide range of ages and backgrounds. And I think we bring a lot of, uh, a lot of dimension to horror. So that is the main thing. If you are a podcast fan, I suggest you listen to us. Yeah. Um, you got a fan sitting right across the table from you or across the internet, uh, computer screen. So yes. And I can yeah. honestly say that my, our podcasting brothers, you all know who that you are, have been our biggest champions, despite the fact we haven't let any of you guest on our show because you're male. <laughs> hey, if it means doing a uh, piece of style ending, I'll definitely try that yeah. out to the guest spot. But uh, no, I, 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 I completely understand the format and I love what you guys do with it. So uh, I've never really even consider doing anything just uh being the supporter that i am is i would say fine enough yes yes thank you <laughs> mm -hmm. all right so uh with that we'll, we'll uh leave you here with um, our choices for you to uh check out as always everything is uh down below in the show notes for you to check out uh rebecca and her work so you can find not just her films but uh some of her other podcasting ventures as well so uh, with that, we will see you next time with a fun new topic. Take care, everyone. Bye.